Hello everybody and welcome back to Blockchain Won't Save the World on Tour. Today, we take a closer look at Israel, known by many as Startup Nation, a country that's been hugely influential in emerging technology, cryptography and blockchain on a global scale and is home to R&D centers for more than 250 of the world's largest companies. In this episode, we talk about how Israel has become a hotspot for blockchain innovation, what makes Israeli entrepreneurs and startups so successful, and where Israel's blockchain technology is being deployed both locally and globally. And we also learn a thing or two about chutzpah, but more on this later in the show. We start with three diverse perspectives on the evolution of blockchain in Israel. You're gonna hear from Yael Rosenzweig, founder of Blockchain Israel, Rina Thomas, CTO of Vegan Nation, and Odelia Tortman, Digital Transformation and Fintech Specialist at the IFC. Blockchain in Israel, it started from an evil side, as everywhere else. Four years ago, it was really obscure, to be honest, because of the hype of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. And it became more and more serious. And like for the past year, I understood that blockchain is, is getting more comprehensive First of all, because people are trying to use cryptocurrencies and better testing how it can be effective for them and, and use about tokens. But essentially, it's better understood because people are more focused on becoming knowledgeable. They want to learn more about blockchain. And I think that at the very beginning, we saw all the bad guys getting into the blockchain. And that was misunderstood because of the confusion between blockchain and, and Bitcoin. Blockchain itself as a, as a technology is more understood as something in terms of emergence. I think that people finally understand that no, blockchain won't save the world, but it's going to be a necessary part of the whole infrastructure. So I think that there is more respect towards the technology itself. It's less accessible than people thought. And yes, I think that more engineers understand that they have to invest some time to better leverage and better understand and better integrate the technology. I can speak only about it in terms of the period pre-COVID-19. The social scene around blockchain was very vibrant. Tel Aviv was popping with blockchain meetups and events. I mean, it was one big blockchain party and there were countless meetups and events and conferences. Organizations formed like the Bitcoin exchange in Tel Aviv, Blockchain Israel. I think the shared workspace of one of the top fintech companies, I, I, I'm blanking out of their name, they um, leased out their space for free to innovative blockchain companies. So there was a real rush to innovate and deliver fast and good solutions powered by blockchain. Uh, so I'll tell you actually a beautiful story. When blockchain first started, and clearly we all know blockchain started with the Satoshi Nakamoto white paper in 2009, but I think that it really started in Israel basically around 2014, 2015. And I remember the first Bitcoin conference, and this was held at the Google campus. 
Basically, they were there around 35 people, us, and honestly, a bunch of very strange looking people. They've started introducing the technology and how basically everything works and what are the potential and what does it mean to have a decentralized cryptocurrency? How can you use it not only as a P2P payment, but for other applications, etc. They actually gave away Bitcoins at the end of that conference, <laughs> which up until today, I'm still searching for my little paper with the barcode and the Bitcoin. But after that, basically, first, a very small conference, like I said, with 30 something people, we've basically both of us decided that here is truly an innovative technology. And the application for that, A, on the sense of consumers, B, on the sense of enterprise technology, and C, even on the sense of Deloitte as a service provider, are just enormous. So we started a journey within Deloitte, basically, to try and educate our firm towards letting them understand what does blockchain really mean and how can we develop and advance our services to offer them to all kinds of, of digital currencies and cryptocurrencies and blockchain-based companies. And I remember the first Israeli company with a company providing them with their auditing services. But just think about those first days where all the firms were considering how do you tax Bitcoin? How do you refer to a Bitcoin? How do you build an audit you know, framework and do all the accounting around different kinds of blockchain slash cryptocurrencies applications? But we started the journey from there and expanded it towards blockchain for enterprises, right? And towards how can we use this technology as another solution that we offer enterprises when undergoing all kinds of uh, digitization processes. And then, you know, around 2015, 2016, it expanded towards additional platform, right? With the emergence of Ethereum platform and other kinds of blockchain and the different features that each platform has. So basically, this whole thing became to a huge, huge ocean that was very much in line with other technological solutions. And our perspective of that basically changed towards looking at blockchain technology at the same way that we look at any other technological solution, meaning starting with identifying and building very carefully the characteristics of a specific business challenge that the client is looking to solve, and then starting matching it with the different functionalities and features that each platform or protocol are offering. And uh, if I'm moving forward with the timeline, dating back to 2017, 2018, with the ICO hype, which Israel quite proudly led. And I think that Banco ICO was one of the world's largest ICO back in the days. Everyone started speaking about ICO. And again, when I was at Deloitte, we had literally a waterfall of companies coming to our uh, knocking on our doors, wanting us to assist them with their ICO, with their white paper, with a smart contract. And then came the regulators. So we set and start defining with the regulators in Israel, how do you basically address cryptocurrencies? And you know, the entire world of utility tokens and stable coins and basically this whole world start evolving and uh, you know, spreading and uh, develop its own kind of sub and sub sub categories. And it was a beautiful evolution to be witnessing. Next, we hear from Igal Nevo, COO of Tezos Israel who helps to break down the story behind Startup Nation, as well as the intangible secret source that Israel calls chutzpah. 15 years ago, they issued a book called Startup Nation. Startup Nation described the miracle that happened in Israel. We become a real edge technology country in some fields like cyber, military, agriculture, etc. The government decided to invest a lot of money in high-tech industries that not really found the right possibility of funding in Israeli banks and other investors. VCs all over the world 
started to look on Israel technology and become that more than 90% of Israeli funds in high-tech are from VCs and investors all over the world. But the problem in the model of startup nation that tell to the entrepreneurs that you need to build something and then sell it. So we have hundreds of R&D centers of the biggest companies in all fields in Israel and many companies selling the technology and become the representative of this company in Israel. We can say Facebook, Google, eBay, Amazon, Apple, and many, many others. And now in Israel, something is shifting and something is changing because entrepreneurs decided not only to build startup, they tried to grow the startup. And one of the famous companies, of course, is Checkpoint, a big cyber security company worth many billions of dollars. But other companies such as Wix and Ironsource, CyberArk, Tabula, Fiverr, etc., decided not to grow in Israel and become not only unicorn company, to become the giant company in Israel. And there's a shift. And the most interesting part that also the government that always told entrepreneurs we are startup nation understand that Israel could become real high-tech nation. But I think everybody understand that it's better to build a company and grow in here and hire in other fields like marketing, like sales, not only developers and R&D centers. So Israel, we always feel like we need to fight for our place here. And we always feel that you need to be innovating and run fast. They always say in Israel, there's a secret ingredient called chutzpah. It's being a sassy. It's being like to dream being, start to do it even though you don't have the money or maybe you don't have the knowledge and build it on the way. And the chutzpah, Israeli chutzpah, it's something that you can teach it in schools and it's very difficult to understand if you are not Israeli. So now we know more about the startup nation, let's hear more about the blockchain nation. Yael tells us more about the blockchain community and the distinct regional flavors driving blockchain technology in Israel. Israel is a small country and we have something like near 9 million inhabitants. It's very diverse and the essential parts in the tech parts actually are based in Tel Aviv, in the north of Israel, Haifa and Jerusalem, which is a very active community over there also. And in the South, we have a lot of students developing new solutions. The Israeli ecosystem is really strong on the research and development side. That's a quality that's part of the culture to test, to try, to fail also. This is part of the culture and this is part of the ongoing project that we see. One key asset that we do have here in Israel, contrary to other countries, is about the innovation. This part of the innovation and this part of the fast development is really related to the research and development because of the mindset and also because of the community. Big part of the culture of the community lays on the fact that many, many people are helping and supporting each other initiative. That's something really palpable here. And also because the Israeli is curious. So if there is something that is less seen here in the, in the ecosystem is about the competition in between the markets, in between the uh, the project under development. 
because we are mostly focused on doing and solving issues on a piece of a process instead of developing the whole process, which is something that's very good and has some downsides towards a blockchain. Blockchain has, as a whole, as a whole infrastructure is pretty complicated to develop. But the thing is that we see more and more applications, essentially in the security side. We saw that since the very early times of the Blockchain Israel community about focusing on how we can solve the security sides. We see a lot of developments that have been acquired by financial companies. The thing is, Israelis cannot develop because of the architecture of the ecosystem and somehow, you know, the assets that we have about fast developing and fast testing and solving small parts of the process. It's all about, you know, better submitting and being more effective on the process. So that's the strong asset that we have. Of course, that strong asset can have some downsides. And the downside is that we're rarely going back or looking back what we've done previously and trying to ameliorate it instead of staying and, and, and start validating the different steps that we developed earlier, which is something that I see more and more. And that's part of the failure, of course, that we see. Now let's get into the use cases. Adelia, along with Gabi Zodek, Director of Blockchain and IoT for IBM in Israel, and Egal Nivo, shared the most notable examples of blockchain technology being used by Israeli companies and government today. I think that what we saw in Israel with regards to blockchain involvement was that during 2018, 2019, we saw a lot of interest coming from a lot of players, especially insurance companies, banks, and also all kinds of asset management and investment companies that were looking to explore how to utilize and how to use the technology. Back in the day, there was a very heavy pipeline of projects, or I would say experiments, Bank of Poilim and what they're doing with the loyalty program, as well as a different kind of trade finance applications. Also, the FIBI, the First International Bank, has launched a, a POC following with the, with the use case of using blockchain technology in an Israeli startup called Wave to basically uh, complete its trade finance transactions. So in the beginning, we saw a lot of interest coming along and also the Israeli Securities Authority implemented DLT in its protocol for some of their processes and voting processes and others. Nowadays, I have to say that in, in the last two years, we're seeing a decline in the usage and in the exploration of different kinds of DLT platforms. And I think that this is basically consequences of a lot of things, but I think that in general, we're seeing that if in the beginning, the vision that the blockchain platform has brought was a more global decentralized holistic approach, now the usages and the use cases that we're seeing, especially in the financial service industry being adopted, are more of a permissioned blockchain, which is mostly private by nature. Hence, each use case is being experimented solely, and I would say the vision, the, the ideal concept that we thought at the beginning of having one platform, you know, to rule them all and to be able to replace global, you know, cross-border settlement processes, are not advancing at the fast pace that we have fought them to do. So unfortunately, I have to say that from an enterprise point of view, I'm not seeing a lot of activities currently taking place in blockchain in Israel, again, from the FSI perspective. But from the other hand, a lot of activity is being uh, taken under the crypto and under the digital asset. And I think that uh, a phenomenon that's worth mentioning globally is that up until this year, and again, specifically in 2017, different kinds of operations that were dealing with, uh, with crypto were regarded as not legitimate. 
right? And people thought and companies thought that in order to be in business, they need to offer all kinds of blockchain, DLT, infrastructure-based solution. But now, after 2020, and especially after COVID, and everything that we saw this year, and by everything, I mean, A, the huge surge in central bank digital currency development, the fact that many fiat currencies as well as traditional assets are now being questioned with regard to their, to their equity and to their ability to remain their value. The fact that we're seeing players like PayPal or like Visa that are either accepting crypto-based payments or like Visa that's investing substantially and partnering with different kinds of players like the USDC, for example, developed by a Circle, the internal financial on the Ethereum blockchain to enable, to enable a faster uh, settlement and payment processing. All of these together are basically bringing the entire world of cryptocurrency into the focus and to the heart of a lot of the blockchain-based development that we're seeing. And in Israel, there are communities that are focusing on each one of the big crypto projects and protocols and currencies. So for example, a Bitcoin community, clearly an Ether community, there's a very big emerging EOS community now growing. And I think that we will see much more of them continuing to evolve from one end and from the other, if we're looking for a second around the entire fintech landscape with regards to the number of companies, the largest subsector of fintech companies operating in Israel are on the trading and investing sector, and out of which more than 50% of them, which were established between 2017 and 2018, are focusing on different kinds of cryptocurrencies and DLT-based applications. So there's still quite a vast majority and a substantial number of companies in Israel out of, you know, the 600 fintech companies operating, a substantial amount of those are DLT slash crypto based. So there are multiple startups, some of them indeed are older. I think we might see some of them raise and, and become, and some of them are like eToro, who is not active just in Israel, like many other startups when they are successful. And of course, there are solutions that are starting up in Israel. There are a couple that are in the stock exchange. I should mention also the Port Authority is looking into blockchain and uh, Sin, the Israeli shipping company joined IBM Tradelands. So there are a few of these examples. I think what will be next is to see the financial markets join, so banks, that's a huge market, and I think we just saw a couple of days ago the announcement of one of the largest banks in Israel to develop a network to automate giving out guarantees. We've seen that in other countries uh, like Australia and, and others. So that will be maybe the first application on this network, but I'm, I'm pretty positive that we'll see more applications uh, that will come up on that network. And I think when, when other companies will see banks going into these areas, we might uh, see also other, uh, other industries. I think the COVID, as an example, raised interest in things we share in common around ideas like using digital identity to share uh, the test results or make sure that the vaccines are the correct one and prevent a forge and so on. I think that those things are, are also creating interest and we might see maybe in the area of health some new applications. We have over 6,000 tech companies in any high-tech industry you can dream of. If we are looking on blockchain companies, we have more than 140 blockchain companies or blockchain-related. And those companies already raised more than $2 billion. 
It's really amazing. And if we look on the funding side, we have almost 40 VCs and angels that mainly invest in blockchain companies. Most of them already released product. More than 40% of the Israeli blockchain companies are now operational and give services all over the world. And still in Israel, as I think in all blockchain industry companies, most of them are exchanges, apps, wallets that deal with digital currencies. But it changes because now we can see that there's more and more companies that want to implement blockchain in uh, enterprises, in local and national government, and there are many interesting pure blockchain technology that uh, raise up in Israel. We can see uh, that in the Israeli stock exchange that implement a blockchain solution in there, the Israel Security Authority. We can see that in the containers company, Tsim, and other giant container companies. We can see the Libra project that mainly built in the, the technical side of Libra project in Israel. So we have a shift in the, in the implementation of blockchain technology. And even we in Tezos Israel, we always try to find the right partner in the local and government side. And now in Israel, we are building a sandbox a regulatory sandbox that will help fintech, but also blockchain companies to try and give services to Israelis without the regulation that now interfere them. You might not be surprised that in a country that has been so successful at raising capital for technology investment, there are blockchain businesses that didn't go down the ICO route. One such example is Valid Network, founded by Kfir Nissan who talks about their origin story and how they're bringing Israel's fabled cybersecurity capability to the world of smart contracts and dApps. My journey into blockchain started about two years ago when I was the CEO of another company that did distributed cloud applications. We found it very hard to raise money. And back in the start of 2018, there was the big ICO hype. And everybody told us, go do an ICO. So we checked the market and we learned a lot about ICOs. And we decided that we need to stay away from it. One of the interesting things that we found is that every ICO has a white paper that describes a specific story. And then the developers are developing sometimes totally different stories. And we thought about, why don't we start building an automated and continuous auditing platform for blockchain, for decentralized applications, for smart contracts? Our solution is a full security platform for decentralized application running on distributed ledgers. What it means is that we've developed technology that monitors decentralized applications, detects security issues, starting with vulnerabilities within the code, uh, anomalies in runtime, malicious actors, things that are related to access control, a lot of different elements in terms of detection. It brings us to prevention and protection. So we spoke with a lot of different potential clients and it's not only good to detect issues, 
everybody wants to be proactive and protect their organizations. So we also developed a unique blockchain firewall that allows us to suspend and block transactions before they are written to the ledger. And that's what we do. This next section is all about the culture. I can attest that there is something special about every Israeli entrepreneur I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. There's an energy, a drive, a depth of content and character that's entirely unique. Gabi, Yael, and a rare appearance from the legendary Aviv Lichtenstein, founder of 101 Blockchains, talk about how this magic is forged from a very young age. I think that really the children here are exposed to many excellence programs very early on as they start uh, to go to school and they can join these excellence programs that exposes them to technology, to science, to innovation. They interact with university students. They have excellence programs in which they can improve their math and other skills. They also have programs in which they can actually build or, or define a whole startup, look for a product, define it, uh, go to market with it, uh, market it, try to sell it, get the whole experience of what does it mean really to be an, an entrepreneur. So these are many examples of these many programs. So these kids really come with a lot of background in, in, in innovation and, and technology. Of course, when they join the army, that brings another opportunity. Those kids who go to units like the intelligence units, to develop a lot of technology out of necessity, I guess. But also when they leave the army, they live with new friends, colleagues, they know how to work together in teams. Uh, they form many ideas. It's also true for those who come from more uh, being a combat fighter. They maybe are uh, not having that much of the technical background, but are certainly having the leadership capabilities, the ability to take risks, being okay to fail fast if needed. In general, Israel is a very non-hierarchical society, very open. People speak with each other very freely. They debate everything. They have open discussions. Failures of a CEO of a startup is not seen as a bad thing, but actually as a good thing, in the sense that he gained experience of what not to do in the next startup. So his ability to raise funding next time uh, is actually better than in the first time. And of course, later on, when they move on to universities that are really world-class, give them, of course, additional uh, background and capabilities. Israeli people first are very positive in terms of collaboration and interaction, very supportive of each other. It's not always the case, of course, but when it comes to try to solve a problem or an issue, like, you know, we have some issues on the political side. What I would say is more about, you know, the reinforcement always on the community side, which is making Israel in terms of community, not essentially in the technology sector, but also, you know, across industries, communities here are really important. You know, you can have a fight in, in the midday and by the night, you know, you can, maybe not now, but we can dance all together. Israeli culture is, is really strong in terms of generosity. And that's something really important when it comes to developing a first project. Everybody knows everybody. That's part of the culture and also part of the process, you know. We have a lot of early adapters. We have a lot of travelers. People are super curious. 
even my grandmother cannot live without her uh, iPhone. She knows everything about that. And she's 92 years old. I would say another thing that I see here is about leadership. People are less afraid about starting a venture. That's also part of the, of the core culture. It's about, you know, more building something from scratch. People are not afraid about that. Whatever age you are, whatever you, your background is, people are not afraid about developing new ideas and sharing them. So it's, yes, again, it's about collaboration. It's about interaction. It's about culture. It's about sitting in a restaurant alone and, and having, you know, 10 people around you half an hour later. Prototypes, labs, commitment, collective performance, leadership. These are the keywords for the culture. In Israel, what is really helpful is the environment. It's very supportive environment. There are many different accelerator programs and different communities for new entrepreneurs to join all over the country for different segments in different structures that every entrepreneur who wants to join can really easily join to meetups groups and to attend different events and to gain new skills. And if someone really wants to achieve something and he can, he can, he can reach out to different experts, as you know, we have so many startups and companies that started in Israel that you could decide to reach out to people and to founders. And many times they will say, uh, yes, I, we can meet and I, I can give you my advice. Many of the founders, many of the successful founders are giving back to the community in this way to build the next generation of founders. Okay, some of them become engine inventors and some of them even become VCs. It's clear that Israel has all of the ingredients to be a leading light in terms of blockchain development and real world application. But what more is needed to see real progress at scale? Igal, Odelia and Kafir share some insightful observations that are critical for Israel, but are also applicable to other nations. In Israel, for many years, regulators thought that high-tech should not get touched. You don't need to regulate them. You need to give money for industries that can find the proper funding. But in the regulation side, it was, as we say, a desert. And that's why most of the Israeli high-tech companies, almost in any area, none of them are operational in Israel especially in the fintech field, that there's more than 600 companies, many of them unicorns such as Payoneer, eToro, Lemonade, etc. I think the last few years, and especially in the COVID-19 era, the government understands that money is not the only solution because it's really difficult for companies in any IT industry to find a proper POC, the place that you can check the technology. And in our area, in blockchain and fintech regulation, this is the only thing that matters. I'll also think that there's no IT industry that's not regulated in day one. We have the privacy issues, we have the anti-money laundering issue, and many other regulation that even uh, companies of digital health and automotive and drones need to stand. I think now many of the government authorities and innovation authorities in Israel understand that if we can make a proper regulatory arena for companies to check and start and register and start from here, we can set the standards all over the world. 
And in Israel, it's easy because it's a small country. We are a part of the OECD, World Economic Forum. We have innovation authority that invests in each year almost, almost $1 billion in companies if any technology want get funded by the government can turn to the Israeli Innovation Authority and get funded in 50 or 85% of the R&D cost. So we understand innovation and we understand now that ITEC needs regulation. And now we need that the policy makers and decision makers will make the effort that they take the risk regulators won't take risk in any cause and always think of the worst side. But if you are staying in that position, you really can't innovate and you can't really be the standard of other countries to look up to you. Companies in Israel, not specifically on blockchain, but in general, startups in Israel are always targeting to address markets from abroad, right? Because Israel is a small market, specifically with regards to FSI, where we only have like five banks and 12 insurance companies but also in other industries as well. So I think that in, in general, the, the question or the challenge of scale is something which, is, which exists globally. But from the other hand, what we are seeing with, with fintech startups and also relevant to some of the crypto blockchain-based startups in Israel, the, the market is maturing, right? So if I'm looking at fintech companies, the entire amount of money that was raised in 2019 was basically due to the responsiveness of 12 companies that have raised each above $100 million. And eToro, for example, which is maybe one of the leading, potentially number one crypto-based Israeli company, has basically reached last week to a $2.5 billion valuation. And if I mentioned previously the COVID, the COVID has done a lot of justice with them because during COVID, A, like I said, a lot of question has been raised towards the, the value of traditional assets, so to speak. And from the other hand, People had a lot of free time to sit home and start experimenting with different kind of alternative investment, should they choose to call them. So in that case, in 2020 alone, eToro have raised an additional 4 million new customers and have almost tripled their trading volumes. So I think that some companies that are targeting a specific niche, and eToro, for those who doesn't know, is a social trading platform which basically enables people to invest in the assets they want, from stocks to commodities to crypto assets, and basically to find an investor that you look up to his portfolio and to mimic his investment activity. So I think that companies like that are continuing to rise and, and basically the market share of those are continuing. The same way you know, as we see with Robinhood globally, right? It's basically the same idea. I think that the only thing that is needed really is time. I think that COVID-19 hit us right in the verge of an innovation curve. And when a technology becomes more mature and it goes over a specific hype, then the big companies, the big organizations, the legit ones are starting to look into it. And unfortunately, COVID came and, and, and it stopped everything. So a lot of the big organizations are shifting their innovation budget to critical systems. And I just think that the vaccine for COVID-19 will do the job. Like if things will be back to normal, I think that in one to two years, we'll see all of those big organizations from financial services to logistics and retailers going back to try 
technology for information technology infrastructure, not for uh, payments or for a specific, uh, I don't know, derivative swaps or blockchain technology needs to become part of the IT information stack. And for that to happen, there needs to be real use cases for the technology, not for the solutions on tops. If a CIO in an organization will understand that blockchain can give him high availability in 50% less or giving him three times the ROI, then that's a real use case for blockchain in any organization globally, anywhere, anytime. But nobody really had the chance to try it out. Everybody is still maintaining old POCs just for the sake of maintaining them. From what I see, there is no real innovation for the last nine months. You don't see any new projects or new type of utilization of distributed ledger in big organizations. So I think the main thing that needs to change is time. That's it. It's been a genuine pleasure to bring this episode together. And before we close, Aviv shares with us his list of top Israeli blockchain and tech influencers that you should start following. And Rina tells us a very personal story about what makes her so proud to be Israeli. In terms of enterprise blockchain technology, founders like Yuval Ruz of Digital Asset is a must follow. Also, Adi Benari from Applied Blockchain is a must follow. When you speak also on blockchain technology, some Israeli companies like Nimrod from Simplex and also Itoro, Yoni Asia is also people that I recommend to follow. What makes me the most proud to be Israeli is our radical self-expression, our complete individualism, our motto of no fear whatsoever. We always have an open mind and heart to learn something new. And that makes me very proud to be Israeli. No country is perfect, like no family is perfect, but definitely this mentality of always learning, always growing, no fear, be who you are, is completely Israeli. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to the Blockchain Won't Save the World podcast. As always, opinions in this episode are mine and those of my guests alone. If you want to find out more, please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Check out some of the other episodes on the Blockchain Won't Save the World podcast and check out the YouTube channel also called Blockchain Won't Save the World. Stay safe out there. We work so hard, you know.